Ethan, we want to welcome you to the RevAmp podcast show. We're absolutely delighted to have you on board here today. We know that you bring a lot of valuable experience and insight um, within your role. And for those that don't already know you, I'd love it if you can just start off by introducing yourself, perhaps talk about what your role is right now and a little bit more about your company. Uh, and that would be great. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm Ethan Gerstein. I'm the Senior Director of Sales Operations for Nomogu. For those of you that don't know, uh, Nomogu is the leading technology in eliminating cu customer journey hijacking. Uh, we return revenue, stolen revenue, uh, back to online enterprises uh, around the world. Very cool. And uh, I know you guys are, are literally going from strength to strength right now, which means your role as a, in, in terms of leading the sales operations there is just getting uh, more and more robust and continuing to evolve. And, and one of the areas when we previously spoke that, that came up as being an, an area of importance and, and maybe focus and prioritization is obviously the relationship uh, between an effective sales to CSM communication process and the impact that that can have on companies in terms of revenue accuracy. So that whole handshake between sales and customer success um, is of super importance. Perhaps you could just set the scene as to, you know, how that started to become even more of a focal point for yourself uh, over there. What, 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 was, what was it that made you prioritize that now? Um, ahead of other things. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The, I, I think as is the case probably with most companies and organizations right now, uh, you know, given the time that we're in with, with COVID and, and some of the pandemic lockdowns that are happening, uh, we realized we've been fortunate to, to really have limited churn in, throughout the, uh, the course of the company, right? We're a six-year-old company. Uh, we have great brands and, and people that, that have come in and they've stayed with us, which is, which is great. What we noticed, obviously, with the pandemic is, you know, people's businesses change, uh, people's behavior changes, uh, users change. So we've really wanted to solidify and firm up that the handoff between sales and CS so that our customers feel like they're engaged with us and, and we're engaged with them the entire time. We're not just trying to sell them once. We're trying to, to work with them and provide a solution for them uh, throughout the, the relationship that we have with them. Right. So absolutely. So I imagine, you know, that was the need and that was the challenge. What were the signals that made you want to do it differently or do it better? Uh, I'm sure there was something within the process that you probably started by measuring because you, you sound like you're a data guy. Um, so what were the signals that you, you picked up quite quickly that made you thought, I need to dig down deeper into this? Yeah, you know, one of the, the key signals that we saw was, was really just, um, it can be as simple, there, there are multiple signals, I should say, but it can be as simple as um, number of contacts that we know and the and relationships that we have with a, with a brand mm -hmm. or with a company. Um, you know, when, when sales is going through their sales process and their sales cycle, uh, it's very easy to sort of, they have their champions, they have their people that they're working with, uh, you know, externally and internally. Uh, but once that handoff happens, we don't want to necessarily make it where uh, the, the customer success team is only working with those same three to five people, right? We want to build out some of these relationships and really work with the, the team at the brand or at the customer uh, so that we, we understand what their pain points are and continue to, to work with them and grow with them and help them grow as well. Um, that's, that's sort of our approach there. So a, a key signal for us uh, in, in looking at this was number of contacts and number of relationships that we have 
the level of engagement and the level of relation, relationships that we have. But also, um, I would say, you know, the, the onboarding process as well, right? If, it, if it's taking long to onboard, we want to make that as seamless and easy as possible and work with the teams there as well. Mm -hmm. Did you find that certain KPIs changed or there was a fresh spotlight on familiar KPIs when, you know, with things like onboarding, did that change somehow as you started to focus on it? Um, I, I think we're, we're actually going through a little bit of it now, right? So I think with the focus, um, the KPIs are changing a little bit. Um, I would say there are things that we want to add into our focus. We wanna, we wanna bring in and we're sort of noticing um, that we, we weren't necessarily thinking of before. Um, I think onboarding time is one thing, uh, you know, hand, account handoff between teams is another. Um, really just the introduction, the number of meetings, the, the number of uh, meetings we have to have internally to prepare. We wanna make sure that this is a, a nice, easy, repeatable and scalable process so that the customer gets exactly what they, and knows what to expect when they engage with us. Right, absolutely. So that was that in terms of, of some of the, uh... The priorities, the KPIs, the focus on onboarding. How did that start to change the relationship between CSM and sales? Do you have any kind of practical examples? I know that from speaking to you previously that you really feel that communication is a is a crucial part of that relationship. I get that. How how has the communication changed? What needed to change to uh, to improve things there? Yeah, I think uh, what ne what needed to change was really just uh, the understanding between teams that we're, we're all one team, right? So um, I think historically, and it, it wouldn't just be, I wouldn't say just at Nemo, but I think it's been in other organizations that I've worked at and, and worked for. Yep. Um, you know, there's this idea that sales is is sort of the, the is one team and CS is another. Uh, there's a short, brief little interaction where they overlap and then that's it. I think really the focus has now become, especially during this age where we're, we're all working from home, um, that we're, we're one team, we're aligned. Um, we need the customer success team uh, to understand the pain points from the sales team. Like they were, like they were presenting the, the first sale or the first pitch uh, in general as well, right? So the handoff from sales to customer success, I do believe is so important where it becomes communication. We want, we want everyone to be in lockstep. It's not just here, let me pass this account or this person off onto you. And um, I'm not gonna give you any more background or any more data that, that, you know, that we have. You have to go fend for yourself now. It's, it's off of my territory. Um, we, we're trying to build something here where the, the sales team and the customer success, success team really does uh, come together and sort of work um, together to solve the, the solution together for the, for the customer. Mm -hmm. So as a process, because you obviously kind of delivered it, yeah, almost top down, I, I could say, how do you, how have you measured the success of this, this piece in this project? Has it just been purely about the difference or the uplift in revenue? Uh, has that been kind of the, uh, the, the bottom line or what else? Well, I think the uplift in revenue is, is certainly something that we look at very closely. Um, we do look at, you know, as we're growing, as, as the company is growing and we're offering additional products as well, um, we're looking to see if there are additional opportunities being created and, and where are those opportunities coming from? Are they coming from upsells and cross-sells? Um, how, how far in advance are we able to have our renewal conversations and when are we able to get our renewal signed sooner? Um, are we able to do that? Um, but also, uh, we're, we're really starting the process of, of mapping accounts and, and bringing more people um, at the customer into the fold earlier, right? So we're not just we're not just working um, and using our business development team necessarily to to just go out and find and prospect new accounts. 
we're also uh, beginning to incorporate them into the entire sales process so that they can help map an account, understand pain points, do research, find new contacts and find people that we should be talking to that maybe sales, you know, some of the organizations we talk to are, are tens of thousands of people, um, you know, and, and work in different teams. We wanna, we wanna understand, you know, the pain for everybody. Um, you know, we might, we might sell into one region or one, you know, one, one brand of a, of a larger corporation. What, how can our BDRs and, and uh, sales team help the customer success team to map those accounts uh, sooner and understand what the what, where our ins are for upsells and crosssells? Just as a out of curiosity, do you your sales or BDRs get um, commission or do they get rewarded for that? As that kind of increased part of their role now that that maybe wasn't there before because now the deal might be closed the expansion or whatever opportunity I said the opportunity might be closed by CSM for example as opposed to sales so so how does that work out in reality with the remuneration we've had the it's uh it's something that we're getting creative with uh, I think and we're looking at things as we as we go right because this is such a new process and and as, as we develop it um, we want to make sure that everybody gets the credit that they deserve and, and also understands that they're contributing to the greater good of the company as, as we go. Yeah, but it's, it's certainly something I'm glad you asked because it's certainly something that I will be asked when, the, when our BDRs and everybody are doing all this work. So I've got even one more question, which, which may be tricky or, or not. You know that I come from a, a marketing background, so it's natural for me to think about marketing more so of my budget might be used to support, for example, the kind of acquisition of net new uh, business. Less, yep. less so might be used for customer, you know, in terms of uh, advertising budget for paid media for a performance marketing acquisition, less so would normally be allocated for um, running campaigns to existing customers for the purpose of expansion, renewals and upsells. Whereas what you are saying is here, potentially that might be, a good portion of the revenue that's coming in during this period in time. So it's interesting that budget might be aligned with one stage in the yeah. uh, in the journey when in reality the opportunity, the true opportunity, is actually in a completely different location. Have you had to bring marketing into that that sales operations, revenue operations conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And we work uh, again. I'm fortunate enough to work with teams that really understand and, and are sort of working towards that common goal. So marketing has been very involved in, in what this in, in what we're trying to do. Um, and I think uh, for where we stand and, and sort of where we sit, customer journey hijacking. You know, it's not necessarily the the first thing that everybody thinks about when they wake up in the morning. If you if you run an e-com site, you probably do understand it to some extent. Yep. But we want to make sure that everybody is, is aware of it and understands uh, what's going on. But the, we, we have found, and I, I believe, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn for, for our marketing team, but the new business is really still the focus, right? We still want to bring in the new business and, and, and make sure that our marketing budget is we're getting out in front of as many people as we can so that we can really bring our messaging to these prospects. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're going to let our customers sort of, you know, sit on the sideline either. We're going to we're going to do what we can to educate them on not just how we can continue to help them um, with uh, customer journey hijacking, but also um, some of the other solutions that we brought into the fold this year and are bringing in next year. Hmm. I guess the key difference you have between those stages is that once they're a the customer, you have relationship on your side and trust. Okay. So uh, that's something that you don't need to manufacture with a. Uh, with media spend, once you have it, you just need to to pay it forward and, and communicate it and capture it. So I guess, is most of your process 
kind of via email and internal meetings and, and stand-up meetings or whatever? Or is it now there's new information being captured within your CRM process, um, which is kind of standardizing the process as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to it being an oratory tradition? Uh, in terms of how we're, we're building this process in? That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so ideally, we're, we're working on building this into, into the CRM. Um, you know, there, are, there are obviously uh, some, some steps that need to be taken to really clean that up. I've, I don't think I've worked anywhere where we've had, where we've had the perfect CRM instance in place. Uh, but but we're, what's, what's great about this is that we kind of have a blank slate right now um, in terms of process. Now is the time to actually do it, right? Um, we're, we're doing our 2021 planning. Um, we're right in the middle of it now. We're, we're understanding a bit more of what the, the future is going to hold given the pandemic, right? Whether or not people are working from home or not, um, we need a, a central place. We need a, a CRM system that actually you, anybody can log in and see you know, exactly what they're looking for. And I think that starts from the top down um, before, we, before we do that, look at that bottoms up. So, and when I say it starts from the top down, what I mean is um, while we go through planning and while we're going through planning, what are the KPIs, as you mentioned, right, for each team? Um, is the KPI, are the KPIs now different for BDRs next year, given that we want to get them involved throughout the process? Uh, are the KPIs for marketing different? Are the KPIs for customer success and sales? Is there something that we can measure there or add into the CRM where we can say, this is what they're going to be measured on in terms of account handoffs? Those are all things that we're able to do now do and build in. Um, designing it out is the, is the easy part. Building it in and driving the behavior is a little more challenging. Um, but that's, again, uh, I think that's not uncommon. Uh, so it's something that we just have to overcome. So to kind of close the loop on all of this, when you communicate this back to your executive team, and of course you've mentioned to me in the past that you, uh, in some ways you see them as being um, your customers, you know, in terms of the relationship and the way that you want to serve them with the right information, the right processes, of course, the right visibility. Um, yep. Are there any specific um, details that are now different in terms of expectations that they would have of you, or is there a difference in the way that you would communicate this uh, kind of project and process back to them? Is there anything about that, that that's changed or is it just literally business as before and we're just doing this next building block? I think, um, I, I think the only thing that's changed, I would say, is just that uh, they, they simply want more consistency if, they, if they're able to log in. And I don't know that that's even considered a change. Right? I think that's what everybody would want. They want consistency. If they log into the CRM, they're able to see what this is and they're able to see what, what they want to see. Um, I think it, the importance has changed, right? You're no longer sitting in an office with them where they can just either tap you on the shoulder or you know, give you a quick call. The importance of it has certainly become um, more of a focus and designing it out and understanding um, how if you change one thing in the process, it actually impacts every team from finance to marketing to CS to sales to BDRs, right? Um, and so that is something that it's, it's, again, I think it all boils down to communication. Um, as long as you're, you're upfront and you're able to communicate, here's what we're working on. Um, and they're able to communicate to me, that's great. Here's a priority that I want, I would rather you go focus on. Um, that's, that's really um, what it boils down to for me. Mm. Fantastic. Well, Ethan, I think we're, we're starting to, to run out of time here. We want to 
thank you, of course, for coming on, being a fantastic guest, sharing a little bit more about your experience and, and what you're working through right now and, and the what and the why. I can see that this is a really timely message for many sales and revenue operations professionals that are going through very similar circumstances in terms of the market uh, dynamics. And of course, I look forward to following up with you uh, six months from now to see how all of this uh, pans out. And hopefully we return to normal life sooner rather than later. Um, but absolutely, thank you for being a fantastic guest. And, uh, and we really look forward to your continued success. Thank you for having me. Bye.